0: Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. On today's episode, returning guest Rob Stewart discusses closing pools for the season. The goal, of course, is always an easy opening in the spring. The Pool Pro Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning. This is Michelle Cavanaugh with co-host
1: Dave Rockwell here.
0: Hey Dave, how are you? Nice to see your face again. It's the only time I get to see Dave's face is when we do this recording. So I like to see, you know, people's faces. It's just nice after all the pandemic and COVID stuff. <laughs> Excited for our guest today, who is a, recur- a recurring guest and also a good friend of mine, who I really enjoy having on. He's gonna talk about closing pools today. And before you think, oh, I know everything about closing pools. Why don't you wait a second? Because he's got some really good ideas and recommendations that you may not be aware of or that you're not doing currently. So please welcome our guest today, Rob Stewart from Canada. My one of my favorite places to visit in the world, even though I've only been, you know, a few places, but you know, still my favorite. Rob Stewart, thanks so much for coming on today.
1: Well, uh, thanks for having me back. I, I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> and just so you
0: all know, Rob Stewart, um, you know, why is, why do you, why should you listen to anything he has to say? He is an educator, he's an instructor of PhTA, has been for many years. He teaches other courses besides the PhTA courses as well. Um, so somebody that I truly respect and feel like has a lot of knowledge, he also is probably reads more handbooks in this industry than anybody else I've ever met, and he not only reads them one time, in fact, I think he's read many of the handbooks four, five, six times and, and you know, sends corrections for grammar and other, you know, formula corrections to the, the authors of those books, which I find hilarious, but I am so happy he does because he knows what he's talking about, right, Rob? well i get through yeah i like yeah, to on a that friday night he reads chemistry helped. manuals you know what are you gonna do
1: yeah well, so we'll
0: talk a little bit about um you know why this is important i know because you're up in canada you're obviously closing pools there some of you obviously don't close pools the way that you know they do in, in the colder places but there's some interesting things that rob wants to talk about in regards to closing pools since we're going to get to that time now in september early october where that's going to be happening so talk a little bit about what you know, why closing pools is so important and, and, and all those types of things so that we understand, you know, with winter season, how do we make sure that uh, our pool is going to be great when we open in the spring?
1: All right. Well, as you know, being in Canada, we do get some severe weather. We get a little bit of cold. We get a little bit of snow. We get a little bit of ice. And I mean, it, it's only 11 and a half months out of the year. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have to when we winterize our pools, we have to make sure that those pools are set up uh to survive the winter because we do have severe uh severe weather here yeah so you know what i'm going to say today may or may not pertain to obviously the people in florida texas california um you know but the people in minnesota are going to say oh yeah rock on man you know because they get about the same sort of stuff that we get right Uh, so again when we winterize our pools we have to uh, understand that the idea behind winterizing your pool is to prepare it for the winter to prepare it for the advent of this harsh weather uh, so that we can enjoy them again next season. <laughs> so we go to the worst case scenario and, and uh, we make sure that our stuff is protected well. Yeah. So uh, up here, we do have above ground pools. We have in ground pools. We have on ground pools and, um, So, yeah, there is a little bit of a difference in the way we treat them. uh, But essentially, the main idea is to make sure that they're all protected and surviving the winter. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different formats for swimming pools. There's a whole bunch of setups. You know, your easy basic pool, you have your equipment, you have your pool, and that's it. Uh, You know, like a more complicated setup would be something with waterfalls and deck jets and slides and, you know, all all the fun things that you can put on a swimming pool. All right. Right. So we can't really uh, in this scope of this uh, webinar, we can't or uh, we, we can't really cover all the aspects of every single uh, configuration of every pool. So what we're going to do is we're just going to deal with the actual stuff that is germane to every single pool. All right. right? So some of the things that I want to talk about uh, during this. Is we're gonna talk a little bit about the water chemistry, all right, which is one thing that a lot of people don't take into account uh, when they're winterizing a pool in colder climates. You know, they just, uh, you know, prepare the pool, prepare the equipment, blow out the lines, cap everything, and it's done. But you really have to look at the water chemistry as well. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, but I'm gonna start with above ground pools. I'm just gonna kind of work my way through.
0: Yeah, that'd so be great.
1: My company, we do not actually close any above ground pools anymore. And the reason that we don't do that is we ran into a batch of really severe uh, winter weather and we had uh, some pools that just didn't survive. Um, and a lot of times this happens because there's an undiagnosed leak in the liner. And once everything is closed and winterized that water level drops. And then once that happens, the everything just goes left of center. So uh, we decided that uh, in our case, we're, we're not going to be doing above ground pools anymore because they're just too, too fickle. Yeah. All right. But when we were closing above ground pools, again, we, we always go overboard. I would rather spend an extra $2 to winterize a pool than have a $6,000 uh, loss on an entire pool. But when you're winterizing an above ground pool, uh, one of the things that you're going to do is you're going to lower the water level to about six inches below the return uh, if it has a bottom drain, which we do put bottom drains in some of the above ground pools up here, uh, we need to make sure that we protect that bottom drain, just as if it's a bottom drain in an in-ground pool. Uh, The only way that we can do that is by using some antifreeze, because it's impossible for us to blow out that line and airlock it the way these systems are set up. So if you do the calculation, I mean, anybody who's CPO certified, they're going to know, okay, like, uh the the square footage of your pipe and again most of these are inch and a half pipe you're going to do pi r squared and then you can actually figure out the amount of liquid that uh your hose holds so if you have a 27 foot pool you do the math it turns out that you're going to need at very most two gallons in order to get from the skimmer to the middle of the bottom drain so mm. that's a little bit of overkill because once you get under the ground, underneath the pool itself, you'll be fine. So we find that one gallon of antifreeze uh, in the bottom drain line is enough to winterize that bottom drain. Okay. Uh, the next thing is remove all the hoses. Okay. So above ground pools, everything is out in the open. It's all, it's all there at your fingertips, um, and one. Year, I made the mistake of not removing one hose. Um, again, I'm ai one of my big bugaboos is unions. All right, I hate hose clamps. Whenever I see hose clamps on a pool, the first thing I try and do is upgrade them to unions. When it comes time to winterizing, you undo this end, you undo that end, the hose is gone, it's done, you're finished, right? All right, so for the extra $30 for unions you're going to make your life a lot easier because everything comes apart that much quicker. Um, so in this particular case, it was hose clamps underneath the skimmer. It was hose clamps when it got to the, to the pump. And it's like, if I, if I cut off both ends, this hose is not going to be long enough to reach to the pump next year okay so i cut it off the pump end knowing that i had enough slack to get there next year and i left it connected to the skimmer unfortunately snow and ice built up on top of the hose it pulled it down when it pulled it down it turned the skimmer sideways it crushed the wall the entire pool exploded and that was on me so uh hard lesson remove all the hoses Right. If right. you gotta cut yeah. them off, cut you them won't off do that off. again, right? Yeah, well, it was a six thousand dollar mistake, you know. I mean, yeah, I got paid, you know, the hundred and some dollars to winterize the pool, but the fact is it just it was just a stupid mistake. I should have known better, I did know better. I thought, well, I'll get away with it. But the hard lesson is remove all the hoses. Uh in the spring, um, what we do, we we started doing is we started uh selling. Um, a spring. I, I'm calling it a spring kit. It's essentially a rubber plug, a number seven, number eight rubber plug, and just a, a regular square end plug. So in the springtime, after all the hard freezing is done here, what we tell people to do is leave. You can leave the foam and the packing and the skimmer stuff like that, but put a plug in the bottom and put a plug in the return jet. That way your pool, you can raise up the water level. So when it comes time to opening, your guy shows up, they can hook up all the equipment, pull out these two plugs, and now they can actually run the equipment. So if there's any leaks, you know, right then and there, it's not going to be one of these, well, I just left this, left this pool and an hour later, you know, the homeowner calls up saying, well, my pool is leaking. you got to come back. It saves you that return visit. So, you know, for like $3 worth of equipment, you can plug the skimmer, yeah. plug the return jet and let the water build up and then you're ready to go. But you have to make sure it's after all the heavy, heavy frosts, all right? Um, light frost, not a problem because, again, the pool's winterized. The skimmer still has the packing in it to protect it. Uh, so that's what we started doing. It works out very well. People are very receptive to the idea because, as, again, it's, it's less stress off them. They, you know They know that we're busy running around like crazy people. Uh, So it allows them to uh, get everything up and running and and, uh, fixed in one visit as opposed to two visits. Right. Um, So what happens
0: to the glycol that you put in in the fall?
1: Okay, so the the glycol that we put in the bottom drain, uh, when we start up the swimming pool, we're going to have a lot of extra water in there. Uh, We do have a three-way valve normally, right? Because we're going to have to be able to draw from the bottom drain. We're going to have to be able to draw from the... um, from the skimmer. So essentially, what we do is knowing that there's going to be water uh, uh, antifreeze in that bottom drain, we'll set everything up so that it draws from the bottom drain, and then we'll just drain that glycol out. We may not be able to get 100% of it, but again, it's it's designed for swimming pools. So if a little bit gets left in there, we know that it's not going to turn into like an instant algae bloom or problems that way. Um, so even even in in-ground pools, uh, a lot of companies, uh, if they're still draining the pool, right, they have a dry line, they can put glycol in the uh, bottom drain uh, for an in-ground pool. So again, if if it's not one of our pools that we close, because we don't use it in the bottom drains uh, for our pools. Uh, so if we're opening a pool that hasn't been closed by us, we have to automatically assume that there is going to be antifreeze in the bottom drain. So uh, what we do is, again, we set it up so that the first run is going to be on waste uh, if it's a, if it's a sand filter. That way we're going to pull out that glycol first, we're going to get rid of it, and then we're just dealing with the swimming pool and and the stuff that's supposed to be there. Makes sense. In-grounds, on-grounds, we treat them just about the same. So an on-ground pool is essentially a steel wall kit, just like an in-ground pool. However, it's not as uh, heavy-duty steel as an in-ground kit, but it's also not as uh, thin as an above-ground pool. So we will close them, even though they're sticking out of the ground. I mean, that's the the nice thing about these is that you have the luxury of an in-ground, on-ground pool Uh, so it can be built, say three feet out of the ground. If that's where your deck is going to end up, it can be buried all the way in the ground. So we have no way of knowing, but an on-ground pool, uh, it is a a more structurally sound uh system. Um, and a lot of people who have had above-ground pools will eventually tell you, Yeah, I had one crush. This is a great thing. So I mean, if you want, if you can only have, say, a 21 foot above-ground pool in the backyard, you can get a 21 foot on-ground pool to replace the above-ground pool, and then you'll never have that problem. So that's something for people to keep in mind. You know, like if, if you're in the business of building pools, upselling, stuff like that, if you're not familiar with on-ground pools, this is a perfect way of, of uh, transitioning away from the above-ground system into an, uh, into a, a better system for the customer. All right? Um, and again, people are are starting to become more and more willing to do the upgrade to an on-ground from an above-ground, just for the fact that they're not going to have to worry about it in five years collapsing. So when we're winterizing in our in-grounds or our on-grounds, again, it's all about uh, it's all about protecting the equipment, protecting it, making sure that it's going to survive the winter uh, to the next season. One of the one of the nice things for in-ground pools are safety covers. I absolutely love these things, um, and we've actually again uh, last year we passed a company policy that we are no longer going to work on pools that have tarp covers so the ones with the water bags and stuff like that uh, we won't we won't send one of our technicians in the backyard if that's what it has uh, because we have had the experience where uh, someone almost drowned by falling onto one of those Um, and it's if anybody's ever seen the movie lethal weapon when the guy falls in on top of the solar blanket and it wraps right around him and he sinks right to the bottom, that's exactly what happens. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I thought it was just a movie thing. It's not it, it. That's exactly what happens. So because of that, we no longer deal with those. We won't put them on. Uh, we won't take them off. Uh, we leave that, uh, as, as a, uh, homeowner responsibility when it comes to safety covers, they're fantastic. But if your pool has a safety cover, you're going to see the anchors in the deck. So that's your giveaway. If you're just there to, to winterize the pool with a safety cover, you can't drain it down more than 18 inches below the deck. All right. Because that safety cover, once it gets the snow and ice and stuff built up on it, it needs that support from the water underneath. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> um, makes sense. So you have, to, you have to watch for that because, you know, uh, if you drain down too much, you could end up... Um, ripping the cover you can stretch the springs you can pull the anchors out i mean all sorts of stuff can happen and these safety covers are designed to, to i i believe they're mandated uh that they have to be able to support 400 pounds um it's either 400 or 450 uh but they have to be able to take a lot of weight i mean that's the whole idea is if you, if you accidentally fall on it you can get back off safely. Um, so yeah, so 18 inches, uh, no more than 18 inches for support. Again, these are most of these are porous. Uh, so you're going to get your water back if we have fall rains and stuff like that. Um, now, I closed the pool about three weeks ago, believe it or not. Uh, this one here, I know we're going to get lots of rain in the fall. I know we're going to get um, lots of snow in the wintertime and stuff like that. So because I was closing this one early and it's a rental property, so it's, it's unsupervised now. Um, I put the safety cover on, but in this case here, knowing that we're closing up about a month, month and a half early, I did drain it down uh, about two feet from the surface, just because I know that by the time we get to where we're getting freezing temperatures, it will have gained that six inches of water back up again, like without fail. So, gotcha. you know, you got to take all of this stuff into account when you're doing it, because it's not just doing the job, it's doing the job right. All right. Now, getting back to protecting the equipment, when water freezes, it can expand up to two times its original size, okay? So when you're making ice in the freezer, stuff like that, we all know that when you put the the water in the freezer cubes, it, it, it expands, all right? So since it can span, expand up to twice its size, we need to make sure that we get at least, at very, very, very least, half of the water out of the lines, right? Because if it doubles in size, uh, we want to make sure that the lines are not going to be taking that, uh, that, that shot. So technically, we only have to remove at least 50% of the water, but the fact of the matter is we want to get as absolutely much out as, as we can possibly get out. So we take extra time in clearing our lines. We'll uh, put our blower on and we'll have it blowing out the lines for 15, 20 minutes uh, before we're actually satisfied that, yeah, okay, we've, we've done everything we can possibly do. Um, so we take that extra time and, um, we, we putter around doing some of the other stuff, uh, as far as, uh, winterizing, you know, or preparing to, to get winterized, we can orient the, uh, safety cover if we have one, uh, but that extra time, I mean, and again, as the heat, as the uh, blower, uh, runs longer and longer, it also heats up. So if there is any, uh, residual, uh, water in there, you know, we're hoping that that extra heat is going to help move it out as well, and and dry, say the uh, the core of the heater, so that we don't get corrosion over the winter. Um, one of the things that I learned, and again, I learned it the hard way. This is this is all stuff that I've learned over the over the years. So I'm I'm happy <laughs> done it to wrong this. and learned right. Yeah. So <laughs> I used to use a shop back just like everybody else. We used to use a shop vac to blow out um, all these uh, pool lines. And it seemed like it was doing great. It seemed like it was doing the job, but the fact of the matter is, um, I went out and I bought a commercial blower and I went back and I did one of the pools that I had closed with the shop back. And I was amazed the amount of water that came out after what I thought was a very efficient, uh, closing. Mm. So then I became nervous. I had to go back, uh, just for my own personal satisfaction and basically reclose all of my pools that I had closed up to that point to make sure that they were done and protected. So my advice, if you're still using a shop vac, if you have a very simple pool design, just a basically a body of water, uh, a pump, a filter, a heater even, yeah, you probably get away with it with a shop vac. If you have stuff like waterfalls, if you have stuff like a slide, if you have deck jets, Uh, If you have any other kind of a water feature, spend the money, get a good blower, make sure that you're doing the job properly, because it's a lot cheaper than having to go and replace somebody's pool, digging up someone's backyard to fix a broken line uh, that was your problem. Uh, Especially uh, a lot of the newer pools are switching from inch and a half to two inch plumbing. Your shop back is not going to clear those lines out. I promise you it's not going to happen.
0: How about a CO2 bottle? Would that work?
1: Uh, No, because you, you wouldn't have the capacity uh, with the CO2 bottle. Uh, You need, you you need to move an awful lot of air uh, through these, uh, through these systems. Um, Now I've heard a lot of guys use uh, carbon dioxide, like when they're pressure testing, when they're doing a new, uh, new build and stuff like that. Yeah, that would work because when you're pressure testing, obviously everything is closed off. So you only need a finite amount uh the reason we use a blower is because it's infinite it draws the air from around and it just keeps blowing 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 until we're done so you would you would blast through a bottle in like a few seconds you would not be able to uh i don't feel that you'd be able to achieve the results that you need to get um another reason for a blower is if your pool is equipped with solar uh, a solar panel well you've got to blow that panel out on top of the roof and that brings up another topic solar panels feed from the bottom and push the water to the top so you actually have to undo both those lines and blow it backwards so if your feed is up the left pipe you have to blow through the right pipe so that you're blowing that water down uh, to the bottom of the array and out of the system all right and the same holds true when you're using a heat pump Heat pumps do the same thing. They feed from the bottom of the tank and they return from the top, okay? And the mm. idea behind that is to keep the water in the system uh, a longer period of time so that it actually heats up better. Um, so again, you've got to keep that in mind uh, when you're blowing these things out because you, if you were to just blow it regular, all that's going to happen is the water is going to go through, or the air, excuse me, is going to go through the water trapped in the tank and it's not going to, it's not going to empty out that tank. Gotcha. So, um, another thing is, um, and this is an area that a lot of people miss. I, I see it when I'm opening pools. I see it when I'm closing pools, um, a lot of the heaters or the older heaters, excuse me, um, had like a downflow pressure switch. All right. So the pressure switch is in there. So that when there's water pressure, it activates a switch that says to the heater. Yes, I've got water moving. Go ahead and go ahead and make it warm. Um, but they used to hang them off the bottom of a pipe, a a small pipe. All right. So there was no way for the water to come out of those switches, which means that you have to open up the heater. You have to take that switch off and hang it upside down so that it would drain properly. A lot of the builders now on the newer heaters, they're already built in such a way that they are sitting on top of the header and draining downwards. So that's something that a lot of people miss. You have to remember to, um, to make sure that you, you do that as well when you're blowing out heaters. Um, now, when it comes to pools in general, the idea is to prevent damage. Uh, so we need to make sure that we overdo the protection. So up until now, what I've been doing is um, we always use a, a good quality wa- uh, closing kit. So we end up with a couple of one liter bottles. Um, but I've been using pool noodles. Okay. So yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a waste of pool noodles and I hate doing that. And we're changing that this year uh, to be more eco friendly. Um, So what we would do is we would just take the pool noodles and we would just cut them into the appropriate length and we would just pack the living daylights out of the skimmer, out of the throat of the skimmer, in the front of the skimmer. Uh, we put, uh, if it's a bottom drain, like I said earlier, we don't use, uh, antifreeze. So what we'll do is we have, uh, it's called foam rope. It's essentially the same as a pool noodle, but there's no hollow in the middle and we get the one inch. So when we're putting it down the one and a half inch, there's hardly any space left on the walls and we put it down at least three feet. All right, so we put a three-foot-long piece of this foam rope in, hold it in place with a plug. Yes, there's still going to be water in there, but now that it's got the foam, that it can crush. If we get a heavy freeze, everything will be fine, and we've never had a, we've never had an issue doing it that way. And we're going to continue doing that. Uh, like I say, whether it's an above ground, in ground, on ground, pack the bejesus out of the skimmer. Like I mean, a three-dollar noodle is cheaper than a thousand-dollar skimmer. Right. Right. So that's what we've been doing. Now this year, uh, again, it was bothering me that we're taking these brand new noodles, cutting them up, putting them in the skimmers. And then in the spring we just bag it all up and it goes to the landfill. So anybody who's eco-friendly is I hope going to appreciate this. Instead of filling the landfill up with all these pool noodles, we've switched over to the styrofoam uh, skimmer inserts. So yes eventually they're going to die yes eventually they're going to end up in the garbage however in the meantime we're going to get three four maybe five seasons out of these pieces of of foam as opposed to one season out of the noodles um and in the meantime they do an awesome job because they they pack the uh, skimmer nice and easy um yeah that's that's where and we're then going talk over. about
0: the water chemistry on that. Cause I know that's a big thing, Rob, you talked about as far as, you know, making sure the water is balanced when you close it. So that our, just talk about that. I know that's a thing okay, that you're so, very
1: concerned about. So again, like all season long, we're balancing pools. We're making sure that it, it's within range for the LSI, which is the Langlier saturation index. We're making sure that we're falling in there. So we have balanced water all season long, but the problem that we have, and a lot of people don't pay attention to it is when we, uh, winterize our swimming pool. Now, again, up here, it's a lot more drastic than say down in Texas, right? You go from the hundreds to the eighties over winter. You know what I mean? So it's not as drastic a change. However, up here, because we go to like 40 below for crying out loud, we need to take that into account when we winterize our water, because when the water uh, gets cold like that, it changes the LSI. The, the shift mm-hmm. in temperature is actually enough to change the LSI on our pool. So if you don't compensate for that when you're winterizing, then what's going to happen is you've winterized your swimming pool and your liner is going to be exposed to unbalanced water for the five months, four months that it's actually closed over winter time. So what we do is, and we just put our notice out last week, because all we, pretty much all we do is, is uh, balance swimming pool water. So we put our notice out September 17th. That's it. That's the last day that we're going to balance pool water. And we're getting the phone calls in. Oh, yeah, well, I don't want to close mine until the first week of October. It's like, hey, that's perfect. Most of our pools are salt water generator, which means that it it naturally has the ability, it's, it's going to drive the pH up. Okay. If we close it, if we do a balance too close to closing time, mostly what we're doing is knocking the pH down into range for people to use. We stop balancing early so that it allows your system to Raise the pH up. So if you close your pool with a pH of eight, when that water temperature drops down, you're going to have balanced water in that swimming pool. All right. So that's one of the things that we try and take into account when we we winterize your swimming pool. We try and make sure that that pH is up nice and high so that we end up with balanced water in the pool over the winter time. Uh, Another thing, and I talked about, I just touched on it, is closing kits we make sure to use a good quality closing kit, and in our closing kit, it also has stain remover. Why are we putting in stain remover, metal remover? Well, because when the water temperature drops, so does your saturation of the water index. All right. So when your water is nice and hot, it can hold all sorts of stuff in it. When it gets cold, it can't hold as much. Okay. And when that happens, you can close your pool in the, in the fall and it, everything is beautiful. The liner is gorgeous. The steps are gorgeous. You open it up in the spring and they're staining. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the heck? Well, that's what happened. The saturation, you had metals in the water, which is perfectly fine. They're dissolved. They're suspended. They're staying there. But as soon as that saturation index changes and your water can't hold all that stuff, it's coming out a suspension. And that's where you're going to end up with staining over the winter. So, yeah, you can go to your local Lowe's or Ace Hardware and buy a $7 winterizing kit for your pool, spend the extra money and get a real winterizing kit. I mean, it's like buying insurance. Okay. And that's exactly what it is. It's insurance that when you open up your pool, you're going to have less problems. Uh, They also condition the water so that in the springtime, the recovery of that water is going to be that much quicker because it doesn't go out of control during the winter time. I personally don't have much faith in opening kits. If you use a really decent closing kit, I find that in the springtime, all you need is a little bit of extra chlorine and everything will be back on track within a couple of days. Um, Another thing that we started doing, uh, this is off of water chemistry, uh, but back to the the, uh, protection of the, the, uh, pool. Uh, when we put a safety cover on again, like when the pool is new in the first three, four, five years, chances are, you're not going to have big problems. After that, you have to keep in mind that the water is moving up and down in the ground behind your pool. And you're never going to see it because hopefully it's built by a professional. You're not going to have any repercussions, uh, from the water table, but what happens is like around steps, is that all that substrate settles down over the years and now all of a sudden you're going to notice where you stand on the stair and there's a little bit of play well that little bit of play can come into effect during the winter time when your pool is winterized because when the water expands and freezes or freezes and expands excuse me when it starts to push on the walls of the the step now you don't have anything behind to push back so you can actually, again, we had some severe weather three years ago. We had five or six pools where the steps crack. So what we started doing now is we're bringing in, they're called air pillows. They look exactly the same as the water bags for the tarp covers. And what we do is we fill it up three quarters of the way with air, put it in the step and then hold it in place with the safety cover. And that way, when the, the water expands, it, it can react on that air pillow as opposed to the step. Huh? So That's what we do and that's how we close our pools.
0: Dave's like, "What are you talking about? We don't have that kind of ice here in California. So I don't even I can't relate."
1: Yeah, well, people in Texas were saying that last February, right? That's true. Good point.
0: Yeah, there there was talk over whether they should some areas start winterizing their pools, but really the only problem Texas had was that they lost power. The pools yeah. would have power and they could keep from circulating yeah it was it was the uh, areas that lost power that, that uh, where they had the problems but unfortunately that was a pretty big swath of texas at the yes. time right I mean, very exactly.
1: Unfortunate. now unfortunately louisiana I here is going through the same thing but yeah not with freezing but with extra water and stuff yeah. like debris that. and you know, all that stuff they've yeah. got no power so again they're going to end up having uh, you know, water issues uh, that they're going to have to recover from, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be ready for what comes, right. Have a good escape plan.
0: Well, you've made me really happy that I don't live in a winter climate. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: like... I'm, ju- I'm doing my best and not living one well either, So you <laughs> <He laughs> does just... have a choice. Hey, Rob,
0: real quick, as far as draining pools, like you talked about, um, obviously, people should be familiar with their own regulations in their own areas, depending on what kind of, you know, restrictions there are on draining water and where that water goes. Can you just touch on that briefly?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there are courses out there. Um, I've taken one. It was like, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but it was water discharge in the backyard or something like that. And, uh, you know, in that course, you know, and again, You've got to go by the regulations that are set in front of you. So um, in my particular case, I have to go with City of Ottawa, if it's an Ottawa pool. If they don't have any regulations for that, which they do, uh, then I have to go with municipal, which is Ottawa-Carlton. And then if they don't have any regulations, which they do, I have to go with provincial legislation, which would be uh, uh, the uh, province of Ontario. Right. Right. And then of course, you know, that's all governed by federal regulation. So it's like that, 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 that. So you have like a four-step process. You need to understand what the regulations are. Uh, In our particular case, uh, for the city of Ottawa, their regulation is uh, regulation 2013-512. So, I mean, it's been on the books for close to nine years, eight years, nine years, right? It's been on the books. They don't enforce it as vigilantly as they could uh because they understand you know like there's really not a whole lot of options um so but you have to understand what the regulations are and try and comply if you show them that you're trying to comply as much as you possibly can chances are they'll work with you uh i know there were six companies in the city of toronto last year that received fines and the fines go not only to the pool company they also go to the homeowner oh my gosh right? so the pool company got nailed for 50 grand the homeowner got nailed for 50 grand wow Wow! for for uh draining water out of the pool so i mean it it's it's there we see it it's on the horizon i mean we we know that it's coming so we, we really need to start preparing it and, and getting used to it and that's one of the reasons that in our case, we don't drain the water down anymore. We, we close our pools underwater. Um, now there's certain circumstances where we just don't have a choice. So for instance, if it's an Aqua Genie, uh, skimmer, we have no choice. We have to drain that pool down below the skimmer because there is absolutely no way to, uh, to clear that water out of the system otherwise. Uh, Mm. so in that case, we just have to, Kind of suck it up and we have to do as much as we possibly can we run it through a um a dechlorinating cycle uh, make sure that the chlorine level is zero we make sure that the ph is right we make sure that uh we follow all the other regulations and if it's a saltwater pool we just have to take that chance and that's one of the reasons that they're not really jumping down people's throats for doing this because they still have people backwashing out to the street and all that other stuff but they don't want to have all this salt showing up in the municipal water supply because now it it becomes their problem to take the salt out of the water to turn back into drinking water okay so that's one of the reasons for that it's the same as you know like for years and years and years they've been saying don't flush unused medications down the toilet right for the same reason um and apparently the city water here in ottawa they're starting to find traces of medications and stuff like that so they're gonna crack down, it, it, there, there's no other choice. They have, they have to do that to guarantee a safe water supply. So yeah, we do everything we possibly can to avoid draining our pools. Um, the process that we use in case anyone's interested for in-grounds is we uh, put a pipe in a schedule 40 pipe into the feed to the, the pump and we extend the plumbing above the water level in the swimming pool. Then we attach our blower there at the skimmer which blows out the line to the pump. Then we pull out the plugs in the pump and make sure that it's dry. We put them back in and now it'll pump out and push to the filter. Um, Now, again, I found that if the filter is inside a shed or or a a building, if we leave it on filter, it will actually blow 90% of that water out um, out of the filter before we take the drain plug off right? Otherwise, most people, what they're doing is they're putting it on recirculator whirlpool and just blowing out the lines and then just taking the plug off and flooding the shed, which again, I hate. Um, So I actually, not to self-promote, but on the aquatic facility YouTube site, there's actually a picture of me doing like a live blowout of this guy's pool where we did that. I take out the drain plug. There weren't three drops of water that came out. All right. So it can be done. You just have to once, once again, give it time. Uh, so, yeah. So once, once that's blown out, then we take out all the plugs and stuff for the heater. So we're basically go downstream, making sure that everything is winterized as we move down the, uh, the flow of equipment. Uh, once the heater is blown out, um, then we uh, will move on to the salt system, right? Because a lot of people have salt systems. Well, this is a perfect time of year to be pulling out that salt cell. It takes three seconds. You take out the salt cell, you inspect it. If it needs to be cleaned, you clean it. Uh, We try and only clean when it's needed uh, because every time you clean it with acid, you're shortening the life of the cell. So we try to minimize that as much as we can. But again, wintertime is a perfect time to make sure that The cell is nice and clean, ready to go next year. Then when you come to open the pool, you just do your thing. Well, since treating the water is the last thing, now it's going back down underground and it's coming out the return jets. So again, in most cases, if you pay attention, one jet is going to clear before the other jet. Okay, so that's the one that you're going to close off first. So again, we see the air bubbling uh, out of the jet and as far as i'm concerned i like this process better than draining below the jet and blowing it out because when we put our plugs in these return jets we can see if there's still bubbles coming out pull the damn plug out retape it and put it back in and if you have to do that four times five times do it four or five times but you can actually see that you've got a good seal then we do that return jet we go and we do the other return jet and Once the return jets are done, if there's other features such as a waterfall, at that point, we divert the airflow to the waterfall, uh, exclusively, and we just let it blow out until we're actually ready to leave. I mean, there's, there's no way that we can seal the waterfall. So we just let it blow and blow and blow until there's literally nothing coming out. And it's got the hot air going through it to evaporate. Anything that might be caught on the lines, um, And then, uh, and then we're good to go. We're golden. How many pools do you close in the fall, Rob? Uh, Usually we close between two and 300. Oh my gosh. Okay. Quite a few. Well, I mean, well, it takes a couple of days, right? (laughs) Hopefully more than
0: a couple of days. Well, not hopefully, but for your sake, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, And Rob's, you know, Rob doesn't, he doesn't, you know, Rob, Which I think is unlike a lot of other pool guys, but I think Rob, you know, he, you still have your retail store in the wintertime, right? Or is that closed down too?
1: No, what we do is we shorten the hours, uh, because we do supply hot tub, uh, hot tub chemicals and, uh, you know, like frou-frou stuff, you know, like smell pretty oils. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So no, we keep, we keep the store open. We just go on reduced hours because again, it's only for hot tubs. So, um, yeah.
0: So the difference with a lot of the what you do, I think, as compared to a lot of other service guys is that you actually, you know, your business is kind of closed down in the wintertime, except for the retail location with minimal hours. And then you do a lot more education, you know, training courses, you try to go on a vacation if you can get out of the country, you know, those kinds of things. Right.
1: That's exactly it. Um, yeah. I found that the winter was way too long, just sitting there twisting thumbs and watching movies and eating popcorn. Uh, so <laughs> that is why I became an instructor. So yeah, in the winter time when we go down to reduced hours, it also means reduced staff. It also means reduced headaches. So yes, I can take advantage of that downtime as it's called. And I do travel and, and teach at different places. And a lot of the places I teach at right now, just happen to be uh high-end resorts you know and they need to have their water 100 percent all the time it gives me a way to get out of the country and go somewhere where get a break from the winter sun and margaritas and and tea. <laughs> but it's it's work it's not a vacation okay i want to be perfectly clear <laughs> on this i don't go there for the vacation aspect of this this is hard hard work it is i agree
0: Rob, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Again, for those of you who are not closing pools or are just doing like a, you know, like you says, shutting down systems a little bit or, or cycle time reduction, just so you can get through with some colder weather that especially if they don't heat the pool. But um, a lot of you out there are in the Northeast or Canada or other places are winterizing pools and preparing, you know, for the winter and then waiting for the, the pool to be open in the springtime. So I think it's really important that you have, you know, information to make sure you feel as like you're doing it right. If you're training new staff, to do it you know that you've that you've hired on this year god forbid if you can get some staff thank hopefully um then you can train them up on it and rob is always available like what rob robcowater.com is that correct
1: i was just about to say uh, yeah you're more than welcome you can either go to robcowater.ca because we're in canada that's correct or you can go to aquatic facility training ottawa.com uh both sites have contact forms um, both sites have phone numbers. And if you have questions, if you're not clear about something I said, if you want to just ask anything, we like to consider ourselves uh, in the business for education and yeah. helping people. And, uh, you know, if if I can help you raise your game, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. Bre- Rob is great that way. And that he's always ready to you know, ask questions, and when he wants to learn, he goes and finds the expert in that area and goes and and does that too. So it's nice to be able to have a team of people around you. And I really believe in that—having mentors and people around you that you can go to when you have questions about things you don't really know about, and having a system—you know—a system of, or a team of people that you can go to and ask questions when you need to. That's important. Thanks so much for coming on, Rob. We always love having you. Thanks,
1: Rob. Thanks very much. I look forward to the next one.
0: Absolutely, there will be a next one.
1: A new voice in the industry a resource for all education for you this is pool pro podcast build relationships and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure pool pro podcast backyard adventures are better together please take a moment to share like and review our content with all of those that would be interested.